coming up. However, that is an incredibly hard thing to do for most people, which is why a lot of stuff doesn't last. Um, it's really hard for people to not take score. It's really hard for people to keep giving and not feeling like they're getting. And that's why you got this like, you know, viral stuff of narcissism, you know, like people constantly talking about that. In my opinion, it's over talked about, you know, we've forgotten about people who are uh, just selfish, self-absorbed, um, <laughs> conceited, not that into you. You know, a lot of people are sitting here calling other people narcissists and that person just ain't into you that much. Like, like, like deal with that. And there are some real, real narcissists, but if we start, if we keep throwing around words like narcissism and gaslighting, and everything, we are leaving nothing left for psychopaths and serial killers and stuff like we're giving all the hard stuff away. <laughs> Like, and it, but maybe it's good, you know, maybe it's good that we all recognize the, the psychopath in us. Hello, sexy people. Welcome to the Karen Feeding of Tasha Caulfield, a weekly podcast, or sometimes bi-weekly, because I don't need that type of pressure in my life podcast, where I, Tasha Caulfield, writer, comedian, and recovering pretty mess, get way too personal when discussing all the ways we can work at being less of a hot mess. So if you are interested in growing with someone who also prioritizes living her best life, join me in this open diary approach to exploring all the hard, beautiful, thought-provoking, funny, and everything in between moments in life, because here we keep a TC. All right, let's dive into this week's episode, shall we? All right, episode two, how to get the love you want and make a relationship last. This is a lot for an episode two. You guys are getting a lot. I'm jealous. All right, but y'all ready? Let's do it. Here we go. All right, so I just finished reading, rereading actually Harville Hendrix's book, Getting the Love You Want, which is actually his book and his wife's book now, Helen Hunt, um, I guess after some a decade or so, I don't know, they decided that she needed to get credit because I guess she, she helped come up with this whole thing and I don't want to get all up in their business, but obviously, you know, now we have to give Helen Hunt credit as well. So sometimes I might forget though because I'm used to thinking of it originally as Hendrix's idea and him being the father of Imago Therapy but now we're all being reprogrammed and retrained to say, no, it's Hendrix and Hunt. So, you know, good for them for, I guess, you know, figuring that out. You know, this is pretty much like the reigning idea in relationship counseling. Um, and that's, that's, that's derived from this theory that's in this book, which we're about to get into. I will disclaim that this will ruin chemistry for you because um, we like to think of it as this like elusive, sexy thing. And in reality, at least according to this theory, it's not as, uh, it's not as sexy. It's kind of depressing, actually. <laughs> well, it's not depressing, but um, once you, the good news is that once you, once you learn about this stuff, you're, you're more hip to things and you have a better shot at understanding how things work. The downside is that not a lot of people read it and know about it. So, um, you know, you, you kind of, you know, it's just it, that, whatever, you know, what happens when you know something other people don't know. <laughs> just, it's a little isolating. But um, yeah, so there's a singles version. If you're single, it's called Keeping the Love You Find. 
and there's a one for couples getting the love you want and they have tons of exercises in it. It's like basically doing counseling, um, you know, like on your own, whether it's a single or a couple save you thousands of dollars. If you do the exercises, like it's not just like a passive book you can read and digest. Like you actually like do a bunch of work on yourself and learn about yourself and stuff like that. But anyway, back to the ruining of chemistry. All right. So here's basically the idea of Imago therapy and what, um, what, you know, chemistry kind of boils down to, which is that we choose our partners based on certain underlying characteristics they have that are in common with a caretaker we had, whether it's a mom or dad or grandparent or older sibling, whatever, whoever was kind of like, you know, God in your eyes when you were a kid, as far as helping you shape your view of yourself, the world around you, whatever, like they have kind of similar characteristics to that person that were the ones that kind of wounded you. And you can kind of like smell it on another person. Like there's it might be in their body language, their eyes, their I don't know what it is, but there's something deep down in you that like in your subconscious or old brain, as Harville said, that kind of attaches that person in some underlying way. So a lot of people on the surface will might have different things that you've dated or been with in the past. Like you might think that they're pretty different people, but in reality, a lot of the times it'll kind of come back down to the, to similar things underneath like oh you know I've you know they I felt smothered or they didn't prioritize me or they were they got too distant or they they engulfed me or you know just judgmental or you know constantly criticizing whatever like under like you'll kind of keep bumping up against these things and especially when you do the exercise in the book then you kind of get an idea of like oh okay this is what it is so that's why I say it's kind of like not that sexy because you you're attracted to that person because you have this desire to heal, like to heal that side of you. And according to Harville and Hunt and Amigo Therapy, they're the only person that can help you heal those wounds. And there's this like need you have to heal those wounds. So according to Hendrix and Hunt, to have a relationship, to have like, you know, this good one, you need a person who you have chemistry with and who is aware of their issues and willing to do the work with you to heal. All right. Now, if you try to cheat this and go, well, you know, like, I'm just going to repress <laughs> my desire to heal and not go with the familiar and get with someone who isn't my Imago match, who, who is just all the things that I want um, in actions and everything like that. Not really the person, but they do all the things you want. And then those people that's why you don't have that much passion or chemistry with or whatever is because, you know, so you're just either not, so that doesn't work. And then if you try to go the other way and go, um, all right, I'm just going to do the chemistry and then just, you know, and they're not aware of their issues or the fact that you got them, <laughs> or they probably definitely are aware of the fact that you got them. But if they're like not aware and, you know, they try to, and they're not up for doing all this work and working out, then you just end up in a crappy relationship. So that's why, you know, there's kind of like that saying, you either get the person you want or the relationship you want, um, which is like not a great saying. So I wouldn't really use that as a mantra. But um, that's, I think, where that comes from is just a lot of times people who aren't aware of like how to navigate this whole thing, you either get stuck 
with a person that you like, but, um, you know, you just, they just keep re-triggering stuff or that you don't like and da, da, da. And people are usually resistant to this concept, by the way, because they're like, there's no way I would pick anybody like my, you know, mom or dad or whatever, da, da, da. Whoever had that, I go for the exact opposite and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, like there's these underlying things. They may exhibit it in a different way, like whatever, you know, the issue was. But trust me, they, they got some. If you got chemistry, they, they got some stuff in common. All right. So like in my situation, good Lord, ah, um, my dad is like usually who I kind of. Well, I probably, you know, probably a little bit of both, but like my dad was like really distant, not very much there and all that kind of stuff. So I usually would go for guys who um, were very distant and definitely couldn't prioritize me. Like, um, you know, my counselor that I spoke with told me, she's like, when you haven't had your self-esteem nurtured when you're younger, you end up with people who can't prioritize you. Like that's kind of like a thing. <laughs> At least one of the things that can happen. So that was a big wake up call. And so, you know, when I got with guys who were super, super attentive, this one guy, he would write me love letters every morning, like every morning. <laughs> and just like every Tuesday, he would bring me flowers from work. And that was like a lifelong goal. He's like, I'm going to do this every every day for every week for the rest of our lives and and just like all these kind of things and you know and and just was like gave me all the love and attention that I wanted that certain other guys weren't giving me and I was there's just like not much attraction in fairness you know it wasn't you know this is he had this issue with everybody it wasn't just me his parents were like now don't be smothering like you could I couldn't just sit on the couch like by myself like for like five seconds um, like, you know, it was, it was a lot, <laughs> but you know, like that, that kind of stuff was like, that was really tough. And then I would drift towards the ones who were distant or couldn't prioritize. And it, and, and like I said, it shows up in different ways. It wasn't like they were just like distant and not re returning texts or calls or whatever like that. They were like recent widowers who, you know, really just had to secure the, their family and their kids and stuff like that and, and couldn't they would want to I'd pick guys who wanted to prioritize me because you know I was kind of onto it at that point but I was still picking guys who couldn't one was like literally flying off to Africa and going to you know fighting in wars <laughs> all the time and had to you know it's country first basically and all that so I was just like like if you were distant like they were treating me great like these guys were great but they just were not in positions to, to prioritize. So that was like kind of like a recurring thing for me. So like I said, it might look different on the surface. Like you're like, what's, and I knew that's why I went to a counselor therapist. Cause I was like, okay, I'm, there's a, there's, there's a blind spot right now because like, I'm, you know, the, you know, I'm being treated great. Like I'm not having these issues that other girls are having. Like I'm not getting cheated. I'm not tolerating any disrespect. But da, da 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 So I was able to get to the heart of that and kind of, you know, and with the book and everything, figure out my Imago matching, like how all that was. So I was able to put two and two together. But here's the thing, though. I, you know, wanted to get married for the longest time. Like, again, once I understood, you know, post early 20s, what that promise actually meant, 
Um, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That sounds really amazing. I would love to have that kind of love in my life, like that kind of unconditional love because everything else just feels kind of groundhog's day-ish. Like, you know, I can date and fall in love like all the time over and over again. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, that I, I want, I actually want to learn to love somebody um, through the tough times in life and all that kind of stuff, not just, you know, health issues and stuff like that, but just them being difficult um, for me and everything like that. Like I want to experience what that, what unconditional love is because I didn't really feel like I had that when you, especially when your parents kind of, you know, are like, peace out. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, like I want to experience it. And some think that, you know, that can only exist between parent and child. Um, I, for a second, I wondered that too. I beg to disagree now. But yeah, so, so that was my thing. So I literally was like, okay, once I got the promise and everything and I, you know, figured myself out, I'm like, all right, I can, um, I can do this. It's a lot because, you know, and I'm telling these guys, you could cheat on me with, you know, a thousand women. You could slaughter a village. You can, uh, you know, become a heroin addict. You become like, this is like, I'm talking, like when you make that promise for better or for worse, like you, you don't have to make that promise. And this is what bothers me about a lot of the, you know, ways people approach marriage today. It's not 1950. You can live with somebody and like the neighborhood won't talk bad about you <laughs> and your friends will still play poker with you and your girlfriends will still go shopping with you. Like you do not have to get, you do not have to make that promise to somebody. So if you do do it, like that means something. Um, it's a lot of faux marriages out here. It's a lot of people playing marriage and, and it's just really dating. Cause they're like, yeah, you do this, you know, I'm out. You do that. I'm out. You do, it's just, what's the point? What's the point? Please tell me. Please tell me, like, I really don't know what the point is of uh, marriage with that kind of, uh, you know, folk, like just uh, just lying in your vows, basically, <laughs> or just change your vows and just say, you know, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll sign this paper. And, um, you know, but if you cheat or if you, um, you know, have an addiction, you lose all our money or if you do whatever, like, I'm, you know, I'm out. I'm out. I can only handle so much. Nothing wrong with that. Keep it real. Be honest. They could say what they want. You don't even you don't even need a prenup at that point. Like that's the other, okay. I'm not gonna get started on that. But anyway, so I had this goal um, to to love in that way and to experience love that way. And as um, God, I can't remember what that. I think it's Wolfgang von. I can't who who said it. But if I love you, what business of that is yours? And that's kind of was that that was kind of my approach to that whole like um, marriage thing is just like, this is, it's not so much just about, you know, you, it's about me learning to love in that way. And, you know, finding somebody that, you know, I feel will, will respect that and honor that and, you know, and treat me well and all that kind of stuff. So that's where, that's where the rub comes in. But anyway, so in the process of doing that though, in the process of me wanting this, uh, to experience this loving relationship, you know, I got tired because I don't know if just, cause, cause yeah, cause, cause we live in a, a culture right now where like, eh. 
Uh, just a lot of people aren't really, they're, they're not really up for all that though. They're like, yeah, I'm good. My, you know, my, my, my mom's good. <laughs> my dad's good. I don't really need your, uh, your unconditional love. You can keep that. So I was like, well, nobody trying to give it. And I don't really feel like getting a dog again. Cause I like traveling and stuff a lot. Um, and I definitely, yeah. And I definitely am not adopting or anything right now because, um, I like traveling and stuff a lot. And I don't like waking up early and kids got stuff to do really early in the morning. They're like Fortune 500 CEOs or something. They got to be places like at seven. And I get up. Never mind. Never mind when I get up. <laughs> but um, so nobody was, there were no real takers that were compatible with me. Um, so I just decided to give myself the love that I was trying to give other people um, or that I wanted to give other people. And that didn't, that, you know, first it was the decision, but the actions, you know, that happened over time. Like I dated this one person who, um, was the closest person that I came to cheating on. Like I, you know, I was like, I, like I really, you know, I broke my rule in one of my old videos. I talk about this, about not getting into relationships, um, before the relationship is kosher, you actually like it and then committing. Cause a lot of times we commit like to try to lock things in and then discover all this, like we're not really feeling the person or this relationship that much. So usually I, you know, fill out the person in the relationship and then lock it in. Um, but I, I, I went against that and then I was like, oh man, you know, and then this person was really like really, really persistent about not, not letting me back out. <laughs> Not letting me back. And that was impressive and charming and endearing. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, that's kind of nice. Not a lot of people, um, you know, fight that hard anymore for a relationship. So I kind of, you know, went along, but I'm like, this, okay, this ain't working. I do not want to be dedicating all this time to somebody that I'm not sure about and being, you know, running by being exclusive with. So I was like really, really, really ready to cheat, um, which I've never done before, but I was like, all right, it's about to go down. And I just, you know, and I kept trying to justify it in my journal. Like we both talked about it. We both knew that, you know, like how, if you try to control somebody, they just cheat, they just do stuff behind your back and that ain't the move and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, da, da, da. like I was trying all these ways to justify it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was just like, so what? All right. So, okay. All right. Maybe you're a cheater. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's who you are. Um, Okay. And, um, and that, you know, and in that moment, I actually was get started giving myself the love that I wanted to give somebody else. Whereas that if I, there's, if I did something that I personally didn't even respect, that didn't diminish my worth or my value or anything like that, I just did something that I'm, you know, like that I don't like or whatever, but I'm still this amazing beautiful person who's lovable and all that kind of stuff. That was pretty big. You know, I didn't need to, I didn't end up actually cheating because I, um, I just, you know, I just cut it off. I'm just, I can't, I can't, um, <laughs> I just, I just couldn't not, not, maybe I couldn't cheat. Maybe I could, I don't know. I just couldn't be with that person anymore. Um, but yeah, so that was a big one. Another one was around, uh, you know, a certain, a certain, <laughs> a certain lifestyle choice. Well, okay. So 
a certain a certain drug, nothing hardcore or anything, but still, and not weed. But now it's getting weird. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so I love my wine, but you know, I like a lot of people. You try to find that balance between like, okay, let me get some stuff done, and let me, you know, let loose and da da da. And I have the whole writer thing going on. So, um, you know, alcohol is just, you know, only only a lot of writers will get it. Um, it's amazing. And, you know, and I was just like, uh, you know, and so I went back and forth, 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 whatever, for a long time. And then finally I was like, what, what? So, okay, so what if you were an alcoholic? What if, what if that was a thing for you? Um, and it was just like, okay, then, then just, then, okay, then you're an alcoholic. <laughs> and that was another big one. Like, cause remember I was out here saying, oh, you could, you could become this, you could become that. Meanwhile, I was still judging myself. Like there were still things that would make me feel shame and unlovable and, and just like depart from myself and not be there for myself, not have my back. And, you know, and, and, and that was, um, and so that was another huge, and so basically I had learned to love myself unconditionally, which was the love that I wanted to give. And then I therefore got it, you know, like by just giving it to myself. So in my opinion, you know, Harville and, um, and Hunt, you know, they say, oh, you can only get, you know, healing and all that kind of stuff with another person. They say you can't get it through self-love. You can't get it through friendships or whatever, because just the subconscious brain, the old brain needs that blend of another, um, you know, to be with that other person, da, da, da. And, and, you know, I, I respectfully disagree because honestly, I, I did it. I found a way to give myself the unconditional love and heal all that and heal that judgment and heal like thinking there's something wrong with me or there's anything out there that could diminish my worth. There's literally nothing I can do wrong now. And that's what I wanted to experience. That's the love that I wanted. And, you know, I, I, you can, if I wanted to cram this idea into their philosophy, I could say that, you know, I became my Imago match because there were things in my parents that I, you know, I saw in myself that I admitted to in myself. I, you know, I saw the distance in myself. I'm an avoidant the same way I was attracting, um, you know, other avoidance in certain areas, things like that. So I, like, I see that. So, you know, in a way you could say like, well, you know, if I blended myself and became my own Imago match, then maybe, but now we might be dealing with split personalities and I'm not trying to get, um, you know, some people showing up with a, with a straight jacket <laughs> and, uh, and taking me off anywhere. So, you know, I won't be writing any books or anything on that or, or even going further in that theory. Cause yeah, but, uh, but so I'm just going to leave it as it is. I found a way to give myself the love I want. And in my opinion, um, you know, getting the love you want is about, usually about acceptance and unconditional love and it takes time and all that kind of stuff, but it's basically what you want to give and that relationships, however, are a different beast. And this is why I kind of think the book should be called getting the relationship you want, but they're a different beast. Um, and I do think that when it comes to relationships to get one where you feel loved 
and um, nurtured and all that kind of stuff that a lot of what he offers in the book as far as, or him and Hunt offer in the book, as far as acknowledging those, you know, childhood wounds and both of you guys becoming aware of them and doing positive actions to make the other person feel safe and nurtured and things like that, um, especially when they feel insecure, is a way to get the relationship that you want um, and make it last. There's a mirroring, you know, where you're hearing the other person, affirming them, validating them. There's loving acts um, where you tell, you know, you write on a list all the loving things you want your partner to do and they choose which ones they want to do and they do it. And it's not about like a system of keeping track, supposedly. Uh, <laughs> but it's more about just gifts and things like that. And in, and in his theory or whatever, him, him and Hunt's theory, you, it still is in your hands though, which is kind of nice. Like you still like the love, getting the love you want, the relationship you want in that theory is still in your hands because according to them, when you give those things to another person, um, when you focus on your partner's needs and give them what um, will heal them, you're actually healing yourself and getting the love you want yourself because whatever they need are like repressed things in you, which is why, you know, they're also an Imago match for you or whatever, because yeah, like it's like kind of like a boomerang thing where you need what they need and da 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 and it just awakens stuff from you. Say they're like, I need you to be more present. Okay, what does that look like? I need you to come home early, tell me you love me, you know, scooge my chair and whatever, kiss me, da da da. You were like, oh man, you know, <laughs> like, I don't, you know, you're not this person needy. They want to, or, the, or the other person, I want you to, you know, like, you don't want to do all those things, but apparently like that's like the, the route to your healing too. So when it comes to relationships, I think that that could work as far as, you know, focusing on what you're giving, not your getting, um, and all that kind of stuff. However, that is an incredibly hard thing to do for most people, which is why a lot of stuff doesn't last. Um, it's really hard for people to not take score. It's really hard for people to keep giving and not feeling like they're getting. And that's why you got this like, you know, viral stuff of narcissism, you know, like people constantly talking about that. In my opinion, it's over talked about, you know, we've forgotten about people who are uh, just selfish, self-absorbed, um, <laughs> conceited, not that into you. You know, a lot of people are sitting here calling other people narcissists and that person just ain't into you that much. Like, like, like deal with that. And there are some real, real narcissists, but if we start, if we keep throwing around words like narcissism and gaslighting, and everything, we are leaving nothing left for psychopaths and serial killers and stuff like we're giving all the hard stuff away. <laughs> Like, and it, but maybe it's good, you know, maybe it's good that we all recognize the, the psychopath in us. But anyway, I digress. So that's hard to do. Focusing on what you're giving, not your giving, that being a, you know, way to make your relationship last. It's also what you need. You're getting the love you want that way, da-da-da. However, for those who are just like, I tried it, can't do it, it ain't in me, there is another school of thought of how to make relationships last. I learned about this one via Abraham Hicks. Um, in the whole law of attraction world. And then this law of attraction, stuff like that, you can have this long lasting relationship, um, not by focusing on you guys' needs as far as you know, using a relationship to heal and stuff like that and heal childhood wounds, but basically you just rendezvous during moments of harmony 
And then when another person, you know, is inevitably triggered by you, (laughs) which they will be anytime you're that close proximity with a person, especially in an intimate capacity, they're going to trigger things. If they poke at them childhood wounds or anything or whatever, um, you just go off into your corner and then, you you know, you leave the person alone when they do. Or if you're triggered to, you go off in yours and you guys just work it out on your own. Um, you know, you get to, you get yourself back into a loving place, which you can do. Obviously you can, you know, you do it by yourself if you break up so you can do it within a relationship. Um, you get yourself mentally back into a loving place and then you guys both rendezvous again, um, when you're feeling better. And, you know, usually it's suggested at that point, you could talk about what happened, be solution oriented, whatever. But in that way, you know, it's not about asking the other person, to change and do all these things or whatever it's about um you know you taking care of yourself them taking care of themselves and rendezvousing um you know when you when you guys have taken care of yourself (laughs) however this is also hard for a lot of people um because it can seem quite cold when a person is hurting and you're like ain't my business (laughs) like you're like go take care of that (laughs) Like a lot of people want you to act more like, you know, to to come down with them. That's why they say misery loves company. A lot of people want you to come where they are um, when they're not feeling good because to them that shows that you care. Um, And so that's why, you know, that that method um, does, you know, while successful for others, like the Harvard one, that's successful for some people, too. Um, This has also been shown to be successful for some people, usually very highly evolved people. Um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's just another one of those where, where it's really, really tough. So, you know, given that both of these methods on making a relationship last are doable, you know, like diet and exercise, it'll get her done, but it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And in this day and age, like I said, where you can, you know, sleep with whoever you want, be with whoever you want, do anything. The village will not, you know, disown you, kick you out, make you go find another place to town to live in, whatever. Like you have to have a strong reason for, for doing all that work, for being in a relationship. Um, you know, and you know, there's voids and there's needs and I'm, and I'll go into that in another, uh, episode to not make this one too long. But, um, you know, there's always, there, you know, there's reasons for people going into, like a sad guru said, whether they're physical, emotional, psychological, social, financial, whatever, like, you know, you need to have a reason to to want to be in that relationship um, and remember it, obviously, to get you through those hard times. Um, but it's got to be really, really strong. And now, you know, a lot of people, there's, you know, we're, we're really encouraged to find ways to get these needs met in ways that kind of don't involve not and you know not saying that they should you should try to get all of your needs met from one person but like you know outside of kids or things like that there isn't much of a reason for a lot of people to put in that work so you have to get in touch with that whatever your reason is and like I said I'm going to go into voids and versus needs in another one because that's a whole other beast and you know I because people go, you know, try to be in relationships, be like, I don't need nobody, or you know, I'm, I'm full. You know, if, if somebody come, like, you know, and it's just like, well, a lot of those attitudes are when stuff gets hard, you're just gonna leave. So, like, 
you gotta get you gotta get real all right because it's a lot of work but it's worth it like I said getting the love you want you know the way I've found it it took a lot of work it took you know years or whatever oh well years decades but you know it took a lot of time but it it definitely definitely oh my god is worth it. it transforms everything and the relationship stuff you know all of it all of it's good the pain is worth it because we're all here to grow the growing pains that comes with the territory but you know it is what it is and you know that's how you do it that's how you get the love you want and make a relationship last all right, that wraps up this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, subscribe, rate and review, and join me next week so that we can continue exploring the beautiful messiness of life together. And until that time, sexy people, remember to approach each day with gratitude, show up, show out, and above all else, keep it TC.